In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, Expectations. Oh, yeah. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. Quincy W. Moran in the studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Baby, say, say you love me. I love you. Ooh, things already got good. <laughs> Look at that smile. Hey, so before we get started, uh, thank you all for taking advantage of the email and the Facebook contact information. It is coach at man versus marriage podcast.com or on Facebook at MVSM Podcast. Thank you for reaching out. You know who you are. You rock. You're awesome. And you're probably about 50% cooler than the rest of the population. Okay, honey, let's jump into this. It's a, it's a show about expectations and something that Coach Rita taught us um, can be a cold-hearted killer when it comes to relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And and then what I'm looking at is, you know, the primary, the primary criminal in expectations or the result. Let's say the result is resentment, and I truly believe that's the cold-hearted killer that comes uh, to kill relationships silently, just like those expectations. So. Um, I want us to have a discussion today that will help our listenership understand what the what the fruit of silent expectations are, which is resentment, which will kill a relationship. And even a relationship that starts out fantastic, um, it'll put you in a place where you're surviving, your roommates, you're really just not truly in an intimate relationship anymore. So, I mean, there are definitely signs that resentment is present, some of those signs um, are if you're complaining about your spouse or you're arguing with your spouse and a couple of phrases come up. You always, you never, I always, or I never. That's kind of a sneaky, a sneaky little... uh, I knew you would. I knew, oh yeah, I knew you would do that, you know, because we do tend to assume we know everything about our spouse. It's an expected behavior or an expected response. Kind of expecting that we know what's going on in your mind, which Coach Rita always tells us is that you're not really that important to the entire world. And I know that sounds cold, (laughs) But to assume that everyone is thinking about you 24-7 and their actions are related to you and everything they do. You're assuming. You're assuming. <laughs> so I, I, I want to jump into this because there, it's weird. I don't know why, but it's weird. But we got into our marriage and we just started assuming that you known me for this long, you decided to marry me, and now you just know what I expect. 
And I say that, you know, silent, unspoken, assumed expectations are what starts to, to really foster or build the ground for resentment to be planted in. And it's things that you expect people to do for you that you've never even voiced. It's like we've been married now, and I can still get caught in the trap. We've been married for 20 years. I can still get caught in the trap of, we've known me for 20 years. You should know this is what I mean without me having to say it. Wrong. That doesn't work. You know, and it's uh, it reminds me, just in this moment, it reminds me of those movies. It's like, oh, we, we're so close. We just, we finish each other's. That's where you're supposed to say sentences, honey. We we finished. See, I didn't. Even, I expected it. And I didn't even voice it. You, it's like <laughs> we finished. I'm each other. just watching you do your weird voice and face at the same time. I was not even cluing in on what you wanted me to do. <laughs> See, and that's like a that's like a prime example. <laughs> exactly. Easy, right there. Is that I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out because you've we've all seen the chick flicks. I'm just used you know? to you being a dork, so I was just kind of going with it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I think we've seen the chick flicks or, you know, we've been around friends, young relationships, and it's like, oh, we're just, we just know each other so well. We finish each other's sentences. We always know what each other's thinking, and it's like, ah, no. Just wait for it. <laughs> yeah. Because, and there are times, you know, when I've told guys, it's like, you know, try not to assume you know what the other person is thinking. And if you're going to assume that for them, assume they have no idea what you're thinking or what you're expecting. That's where it comes in. That's where it's so important for you to have these discussions with your spouse. It's a, it's a relationship upgrade. It's a mega game changer when you start fostering an atmosphere in your relationship where you're free to discuss your expectations. And you can do that without feeling guilty. Now, maybe your expectations are just out of line. That's happened before, hasn't it? Yeah. They can just be out of line. And that's where you both work together and you begin to negotiate. And it's not like you um, lose yourself or, or what you deserve, but it's a time where you get together and... You say, well, man, I, I expected this. And your spouse is going to say, I had no idea. Or, you, you know, maybe she's going to say, this is what I wanted. But I never said it. And I, and I had no idea. I mean, when Jeannie and I were with Coach Rita and we did the love language um, test, and her number one love language came back quality time, I just expected getting her out of the house, taking her to dinner in a movie was quality time for her because I got her out of what she was in or where she was. I got her out of the hectic part of her life that was raising the kids out with me. But that was not exactly what her expectation was. I didn't know. If you hear anything in the background, we are at the Moran Family Studio, and autism is happening all the time. There's no break. It's it's very loud today, but we'll get past it. 
So what we want you to do is think about the expectations that you kind of have in regards to your home. Here, here's where they line up. It's home, car, money, sex, needs, work, holidays, your faith or your religion, your kids, your relationships, vacations, uh, relationships with friends and family. These are all areas of our life that we've had to kind of reset what the expectations are because we didn't have those discussions in the beginning. We just didn't know. No. And we didn't have the examples either. Very true. Um, so we're going to talk to you about uh, an example in uh, like two or three examples in our relationship. And I want to don't tune out. If you're if you've been married for 10 years, please don't think, oh, I don't need this. Um, because we were married for 10 years and we didn't know we needed it. We're 20 years in and we still have to have these conversations going into things. So exactly. It, it never really goes away. It's it's a reoccurring situation where, you know, something comes up and especially big decisions, you have to know how to have these conversations and be willing to go there and say, okay, we're going to make this purchase or we're going to make this move or, you know, the kids are, are changing schools or going into sports. You have to be willing to sit down and say, okay, well, this is what I have on my plate. This is what you have on your plate. What do you need me to do in this situation? Mm -hmm. What can you do to help me on my side? What can I do to help you on your side? Because if you don't, one of you is going to take on, like me, oh, I'll just handle it. And then when everything gets too crazy, handling it becomes the last thing I'm capable of doing. But I don't want to necessarily tell you I failed. I need your help. Can you? It's much easier going into something saying, okay, we agreed to do this and maybe I took on too much or, yeah. you know, this is one of those places where this isn't going to fit into my stress level. Can you handle this particular situation? And I will come in on a needs basis. There, You don't know those things. And if you don't discuss them, it makes the arguments way bigger just because if you would have said it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you would have learned to use your voice and not feel guilty about it. Now, there's a difference in having expectations and making demands. Oh, very, very different. And having expectations is normal. It's natural. Um, And if you have expectations that you aren't voicing, that they're silent, you just expect the other person to know, when those needs go unmet, that's when resentment starts to build. Mm -hmm. And it kind of happens a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time, and maybe you're in one. It's maybe it's one of those times where y'all are on the mountain in your relationship. Things are good, so you kind of sweep it under the rug a little bit. It's like ah, things are good. I'll, it just you're in it your doesn't. blissful bubble. Yeah, you're in the blissful bubble on top of the mountain. But then, like every relationship on planet Earth, there are ebbs, there are flows, there's hills, there's valleys. You get down into the valley. That bubble gonna pop. <laughs> the, that's right. That's right. The bubble has popped. And now you find yourself frustrated or arguing with that, well, you never do this, or you always do this. And you're arguing, let's say you're arguing about taking out the trash, doing the dishes, folding the laundry. Oh, I hear our son in this conversation. I always do this. (laughs) Right. Um, But it's never about the dishes. It's not. 
The dishes is the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back. It's always about some unmet expectation that you may or may not have voiced, and it has created resentment in your relationship. And the longer resentment grows in your relationship, the farther and farther you grow apart. And the, and the longer resentment is there, it start, there's like a chemical reaction. And the chemical reaction causes resentment to turn into bitterness. And when bitterness is there, it takes root. And what grows from there is separation. And when separation comes all too often, it's divorce. So there are things that Jeannie and I went through when we first started doing our coaching with, uh, with Coach Rita, where we had to sit and talk about things that we resented each other for. Now, it didn't come, it, did, it wasn't posed to us, go talk about your resentments. I realized I was resenting you for situations, and Resentment that's where... Resentment came up because the, the homework was, um, what, what are your expectations for your marriage? And, and it's, it came out as, when you guys got married, what did you expect was going to happen? What did your marriage look like to you? Where were you going to live? How were you going to raise your kids? What were some of the things that you saw your marriage being? Okay, well... They didn't exactly match. There were some things that were similar. We had a lot of things in common that we wanted. However, how we got to those things was not the same road in our minds. Right. So when life started kind of kicking up in our face and we started traveling that road, it was, you know, Quincy, And when we first got married, both of us honestly thought we were going to get married. We were going to move to Alabama and live with, his family, we were going to raise our kids there, have a country home. That's what we both thought. The more closer we got to getting married and the more some of these um, traditions that he grew up with, some of the beliefs that he grew up with, different things started coming out. The more I started going, ooh, this is not going to work for me. The more I thought about leaving my family and my parents and going somewhere where I knew nobody but him, that didn't set well with me. Some people can do that and it's not a bad thing. But for me, I needed my family around. I needed that connection. And it, it was one of those things that we fought about it. And then we just kind of decided, okay, well, we'll just stay here. But we never went back to discuss, are you sure you're okay with this? Is this something? Because... It, it, in his mind, it was, okay, well, we'll stay here, but we're going to stay here for five years, for an example. It wasn't a set in stone, we're going to stay here in California, period. So over those years, as he started thinking, well, we're, we'll be going, we'll be going, we'll be going, I was thinking, no, we're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, and, uh, and just to to put it out there, I never knew we weren't moving to Alabama after we got married. Because I had never said so. Right. And, uh, and so when it came closer to time for what I thought it was time for us to go, that was an eruption. Yeah, it was. Because it was an ugly one. I thought we were leaving and, you know, maybe halfway considered moving and waiting for you to move or not move, which would have been a terrible decision. But you never, you never discussed it with me. Um, and maybe it's because you assumed you knew how I would react, but I didn't understand why you didn't want to move 
and if we if we would have been coached like we are now obviously a lot of those things would have been avoided but then we wouldn't have the shining examples of True. how to help other people well we didn't have the art of arguing down right back then we were like you said when you first get married you're in that little bubble of bliss and it's like well I'm not going to rock the boat. It, this, is, this isn't this is something that we need to discuss now. We'll just kind of sweep it. We'll get to it when we need to. We'll figure it out as we go. Because I didn't know how to say, I don't want to leave my family. I don't want to be somewhere. I don't know anybody. And based on what you had told me and and what I had learned in meeting people from your past, I wasn't going to fit here. I was going to have to change a lot about me to fit into where we were going. And I wasn't okay with that. But I wasn't in a place where I could say that to you and not worry about offending you or, you know, going into a full-blown argument because this wasn't just friends. This was family. This was church. This was this was the culture you were raised in. So, you know, yeah. you, you don't just come up to somebody and... and Marry them, and then after you get married, say, yeah, I I can't go. I just don't see myself going redneck at any point in this life. And that's not necessarily who they are, but that would have been what came out of my mouth because I did not have the art of arguing or conversation down at the time. Yeah, and I think... It would have been defensive rather than a heart-to-heart conversation, I think. I think if we would have started talking through it, then you would have seeing that I was not going to move you there and expect you to conform to their ways. That's uh, and, and truthfully, kind of weird we're talking about it now, um, but I never had an expectation of you going there and conforming to that particular religion or those ways. I, one of the most, as gorgeous as a number 10 as you are, what attracted me so much was the rebel that you were. But see, in in getting ready to get married and the fact that we had that discussion about the pants and the dresses, that's what I was basing right. my thought process on was, well, yeah, but you had this big of an issue about almost not marrying me because I wouldn't wear a dress. I didn't, I, I'm, I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of girl. That's not what his previous upbringing taught him. And not specifically for the wedding, but this was, I grew up in the Church of God, and our teachings were men wore pants, women wore dresses, and that was like... Hair color and tattoos are a no-no, which I am currently covered in from head to toe and have been for multiple years, so... Hopefully you're not covered in hair color. (laughs) Okay, but I would never have had you conform to that, but you wouldn't know that because we didn't discuss it. Because we didn't talk about it. And I was basing, my own thoughts were based on a previous argument because I know you're going to say this. I know this is how you feel about it. That's how I was thinking at the time. Right. Had we had that conversation and I had known up front your expectation was not for me to change, things might have gone differently. Yeah. At least we may have talked through it. And the reason we brought up this Alabama thing and then kind of got off on talking about it is because that was a resentment that I held against Jeannie 
for years. That every was the argument that started it all. Right. Every argument that came up, everything always went back to Alabama. Well, you said you would move to Alabama and you didn't. You didn't trust you, me. And it, it all goes back to that. And that's not particularly the example that we had uh, lined up. And maybe we have a minute to talk about that. But it was the most glaring pinch point, if you will, that all arguments for me always led back to Alabama because you disappointed me in this. You took this away from me. You knew I was an Alabama boy. I was moving back. So this is what you did to me. It was my expectations. I didn't see the warning signs. I'm not as mad now as at that at that pastor that counseled us that, you know, asked me if I was stupid. <laughs> but that's kind of the way I am though. I just for me I say what I mean. I mean what I say. If I say I'm going to change, I don't know what it is. I just change and I start working in that change immediately. That's not how everybody is. And thankfully you're not that way. Because what how wild would this ride be if we had two people that could change immediately and just start doing things different? Who the heck would we be? Our kids would be a wreck. <laughs> they don't do change very well either. <laughs> so, I mean, that was a place of resentment that had grown. My job became a place of resenting my wife. And it's because we, we have these expectations. We should know these things. You should know this about me. You've known me for so long. Maybe you dated for 10 years and then you got married and you should know this, but that's there's no excuse for us not to voice our expectations to each other. And if you don't do it, to hold the other person accountable because they didn't do it. That creates resentment and it will destroy your relationship what? or maybe it's currently destroying your relationship. What happens is... Um you resent them for not doing what you expected. And then that kind of turns into a little bit of a weed. Let's say that's the seed that you plant. So now your resentment turns into a hurt. So when the next conversation comes up, you're holding on to, well, I know he's going to say this, or I know she's going to say that because this is the pattern. So you've automatically built this wall in yourself because you know that this is what you're coming up against so now your hurt's going to turn into anger because instead of going back and fixing that and correcting you know this is what I thought you were going to do this isn't what happened I, I need to hurt I need to process this I need you to hear my feelings in this and then we need to move on but instead of doing that you hold that resentment you hold that hurt now your hurt's going to turn to anger your anger is going to come out in little things until it gets too big. But what happens in those three things, when you hold those so tight, you don't even realize you have decided that your spouse has broken your trust. Whether they intended to or not, whether it was what they did or not, that trust is broken and you can't open yourself. You break your ability to be vulnerable. You break your ability to have a conversation or to be honest because you expect you always, you never Yep, I always, I never, and then you start to punish each other. Exactly. So we're going to, we have to wrap this episode up. We got to keep it short and sweet for you. Um, three things I want you to think about. And thank you, honey. You Thank you for helping me through this, uh, this particular show. Uh, number one, like she said earlier, what was your hope 
for your relationship and your marriage? What did it look like? What was the picture in your mind before you got married? Number two, when you fight or argue, when you fuss and fight with your spouse, what keeps coming up? What do you keep going back to? Even if it doesn't have anything to do with the argument. Exactly. Especially when it has nothing to do with the present argument at hand. And number three, where did that thing start? For me, you disappointed me. It always led back to Alabama. And then it led back to, you know, not necessarily you betrayed me, but you let me down. You did this to me on purpose. So keep those three things in mind as you go about email us. If we can help, I hope, I hope this, re- this, this episode has helped you in understanding what expectations are and what they will do if they're silent or unspoken and you hold people in your life accountable for those things. So until the next episode, this is the Q-Dog and Genie with Man versus Marriage. See you soon. Or... Well, I won't see you, but you'll hear me. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. <laughs>